when people think about their work and their career post-COVID, uh, they think about aligning their work towards something more meaningful. Um, and as a result, our organisation is primarily staffed by people who have had successful careers in other entities. Wow. Um, I spent much of my life at, at Procter & Gamble, Maersk, and, and first Abu Dhabi Bank. Our management team comes from Nestle, from Unilever, from P&G, from Coca-Cola, uh, from all of these great companies where people get to the stage in their career and they're looking to do something different. Uh, and they're looking to make sure that they can really connect their work to a more meaningful purpose. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. We all are hearing and, and dealing and understanding and trying to fix this big thing called the Great Resignation, which is not just really a great wave of resignation. It's many things that are involved in there. And a number of the challenges that we're dealing in the workplace today we hadn't before COVID. It's only that COVID amplified them. And because we didn't solve them before, now we have to deal with the problems amplified by COVID. And that is in part attracting and retaining great, great talent, offering the best employee experience at work. This idea that is not new has been around for a long time, but now it is front and center in all the conversations that we're having in the workplace, which is aligning the purpose of each person and the passion of this, each person that we're bringing to our companies with the purpose and the mission and uh, of the organization that they are going to work for. We're going to have a conversation about all these areas with somebody who has been in the space of HR for more than 25 years, leading uh, organizations, leading HR in a number of countries and regions in the world, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan, Bulgaria, the United States, Singapore, Denmark, and working with companies, helping them in all things, organizational design, talent management, leadership, and well, everything that is fun about the work of HR. <laughs> so Pete, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's, uh, it's fantastic to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me on. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I am excited about this conversation for many reasons, but one of them is that you work in, in an organization that has a very powerful mission, which uh, sometimes may feel as, as, a, as a powerful driver for people to say, I want to work in this organization because what I want to do in life is the same thing that this organization is trying to do. So can you tell us a little bit more about the organization, but also about the role that the purpose of the organization plays when you are trying to attract and retain talent? Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm with Plastic Bank. We are addressing the problem of ocean pollution, of ocean plastic pollution, uh, and we do it by improving the lives of people in impoverished communities. So we have collected over 2 billion plastic bottles wow. that would otherwise have been discarded and would end up in the ocean. Uh, we employ about 17,000 collectors uh, in places like Indonesia, Brazil, uh, Cameroon, Philippines, Egypt. These are typically people in vulnerable communities uh, and we pay them a living wage to collect ocean-bound plastic. So plastic that's been discarded or plastic that washes up on the shore um, <clears throat> or the riverbed and they collect it uh, before it goes uh, into the full ocean stream. We recycle that product uh, and then we sell it uh, to 
companies to use in their supply chain. So many consumer packaged companies are looking to uh, use more recycled material within their, uh, within their supply chain. Uh, and we provide that, but we also provide it in a way that it's ethically recycled, uh, that it's collected in a traceable manner so you know that there's no unsafe labour or child labour involved, which can be an issue in some of these countries. Yeah. Um, and so the, the result of that is a, a consumer in Germany who's buying a dishwashing uh, liquid can buy it uh, where, where it's packaged in material that comes from Indonesia or Brazil or Haiti that have been used. Now it's repurposed and used again. And so this circular economy is a, yeah. a wonderful, wonderful idea and a wonderful place to be. <clears throat> How that helps us, the great resignation honestly can't come quickly enough for us <laughs> um, <clears throat> because so much of uh, I think when people think about their work and their career post-COVID, uh, they think about aligning their work towards something more meaningful. Um, and as a result, our organisation is primarily staffed by people who have had successful careers in other entities. Wow. Um, I spent much of my life at, at Procter & Gamble, Maersk, and, and first ever Derby Bank. Our management team comes from Nestle, from Unilever, from P&G, from Coca-Cola, uh, from all of these great companies where people get to the stage in their career and they're looking to do something different. Uh, and they're looking to make sure that they can really connect their work to a more meaningful purpose. Uh, wow. So a huge part of our recruiting uh, is making sure that we're recruiting people who are aligned to the mission who want to solve a real problem in the world and who want to be part of addressing the problem of ocean plastic, but also doing it in a way that that improves the lives of people in vulnerable communities. I, I, I love that. And, and it, it's a fantastic mission and one that definitely becomes a great incentive for people to say, mm. you know what, this is what I want to do. And uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's not just the money or even the flexibility at work is that what they are doing is meaningful for the world yeah. and i align with that now let me ask you not, not every company has such a powerful purpose right and and you know you can argue that some companies it seems from the outside yeah. that all they are cre created for is to make money and yeah. now they are struggling because they have this new generation not age generation, but this new wave of employees saying, yep. I want to do something more meaningful, meaningful with my life. So what would you tell yep. them to resolve this lack of, uh, of purpose that people can connect to? What would you recommend them to do so that there's something that is that goes beyond the money that can be attractive to people? Yeah, I think that's a great, great question. I think uh, organizations should be able to identify what problem they're solving and mm -hmm. what good they're doing in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and, but typically they haven't communicated it in, in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I worked with, with Maersk, uh, the largest uh, shipping company in the world for many years. And at the beginning, uh, many of our leaders said, our objective is to achieve an eight and a half percent return on capital. That that was our objective. That's our mission in the world. Is to, uh, but actually, uh, the organisation then reframed it, and they said, no, our objective is to enable global commerce and to enable people to, by enabling trade, we can lift people out of poverty. And then, so that's just one good example of a company that actually thought deeply about 
their own mission and what problem they were solving in the world and constantly reframes to employees that that's what they were trying to achieve rather than saying our mission is to achieve a, a particular return on investment. Yeah. Um, so I think it starts with that. I, and then I do think also um, uh, employees look uh, look to see how within their own work they can do good in the world. Yeah. What, what I can, as an example with Plastic Bank, many of our customers, the employees of our customers are our biggest advocates. So yeah. shout out to companies like Henkel and SC Johnson who are our biggest customers. And it's actually the employees at those organizations that share the, uh, the, the material of Plastic Bank and they talk about how that their company has been able to work with Plastic Bank to source ocean-bound plastic. So making sure that, that employees actually really know what good is being done in other parts of the entity. Uh, and I think the role of HR is to make sure that employees can really connect their work to a more meaningful purpose, but also be aware of all of the purpose-driven activities that are occurring across the enterprise. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, let, let me let me ask you a, 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 a related question, which may, mm. may be the other side of the same coin, which is there are companies that can't compete with other yeah. companies in the same space only on the basis of money. Uh, yeah. You know, you think about software engineers, you know, especially people in the technology space competing, you know, with companies like the behemoth in Silicon Valley or, you know, Washington, Seattle, you know, the Microsoft, the Facebooks of the world. But then you find that they are still given a decent salary base, right? This, yeah. Given that they are getting that, they are looking for more, which is what you're saying, that connection with purpose. So mm. how, how would you tell HR what would you recommend them to transform their culture, their mission, their purpose into a competitive advantage that can help them attract talent, even when they can't compete on the basis of salary with other larger companies? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I actually always bring it back to, if you go right back to the psychology of motivation, which actually for me feeds a lot into the employee value proposition, it still comes back to autonomy, mastery, mm -hmm. and purpose. The mm -hmm. old research from Daniel Pink, uh, to give him a plug, people will be motivated. People will join and stay at an organization if they have autonomy, meaning if they have the ability to take the decisions that they're best placed to make. They'll stay with an organization if they feel like they've got mastery, so they're able to apply their skills and build their skills. Um, and they'll stay with an organization if, they've got, if they feel that they're able to connect to purpose, so connecting their work to something more meaningful. So, so even at Plastic Bank, clearly for us, we knock the purpose, we smash that out of the park because yeah. we can say every day how many uh, bottles we've collected that would otherwise be in the ocean. And so that's great. But actually, we still have to challenge ourselves to make sure that we still have the right environment of autonomy so that we're delegating the right decisions, empowering people to make the decisions that they're best placed to make and create an incredibly flexible working environment. I'm sitting here talking to you from Abu Dhabi. The rest <laughs> of the management team is all dispersed around the world. We're completely flexible. We have a complete autonomy in the way we do our work. And then from a mastery sense, uh, we like to be at the forefront of building skills and making sure that everyone feels like they're getting better uh, every single day. So yeah. I really think it still comes back to autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Um, and if you can if, craft your employee value proposition, craft your corporate culture to address those three factors, uh, then as long as you're in the ballpark on money and in the ballpark on benefits, um, 
you'll, you'll do pretty well. Clearly, I'll, I'll be absolutely frank at Plastic Bank. You know, we don't compete with um, uh, large FMCG companies for uh, in, in terms for for talent based on salary. We compete yeah. based on other things. Yeah, yeah, and 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 those for a lot of people, especially after the pandemic, there's a there's a there's an expanded realization of you know, we want more than just the money, right? I mean, otherwise they wouldn't yeah. be quitting without having anything in the bank or without having yeah. anything in the, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, in the works, uh, you know, in terms of other job opportunities, you know, they are doing it because it's like, you know what? I mean, I have, you know, plastic bank telling me we are collecting this amount of bottles per day versus the company that is telling me we're making this amount of money every week, right? And our bottom line is to make more and more money, which by the way, you know, I'm not saying that, there's anything wrong with that it's just that if that's your your only story i think going forward you're going to be you're going to have a lot of difficulties to retain and attract a great talent you're absolutely right yeah 100% agree with that point and and we benefit from that point every day that's why we can attract good people all around the world to help uh, support our collectors and enable the, us to to collect even more bottles every single day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pete, as we're getting closer to the end of our conversation, I, I want to ask you one last question. I, I know, I don't want to say that it's easy for you because you're already working at, in an organization that is that is designed around purpose. But there yeah. are many HR leaders on the, on the trenches, on the ground that see this playing out every day. They, they talk to people and the people tell them, I don't want to work with you because all you seem to be interested in is making money. And I don't even know what your purpose is. I don't know what, yeah. what difference in the world you want to make. So these HR leaders then talk to their, their CEOs or their other business leaders. And they say, wait a second, you know, it's a transaction here. If I pay you, you come mm -hmm. to work, you don't, you shouldn't care about what the mission or the purpose is. I'm paying you to do a work uh, or to do some work in this company. So for those HR leaders that have to influence their uh, business leadership, for mm -hmm. them to believe that this is powerful, that this is important and not doing it is uh, preventing them from, uh, again, attracting and retaining great talent. What would you tell to those HR leaders to build the case for uh, yeah. to influence their their uh, leadership to communicate better the story of their companies if they even have it no absolutely right i think I, it, in many ways you dial it back to the concept of discretionary effort um is that absolutely we can pay an employee we pay them a salary they show up to work or they log on from eight to five or whatever the hours are and they show up and then they log off at the end of the day um but you can have two employees who work for that same amount of period and one is just manifestly more productive than the other and it's primarily driven by discretionary effort and so the things that drive discretionary effort it is a, you know, autonomy, mastery, and particularly purpose. Uh, so I think whenever I've spoken to, to senior leaders, it's really saying, hey, you can get more productivity out of the same resource uh, if, you if you can drive more discretionary effort. And the way to drive discretionary effort is linking to purpose. Yeah. And then so finally, the way, to, the way to link to purpose, if for organizations that are struggling, I mean, the core question is what problem are we solving? You know, and almost every company, can answer that question. If you're a transportation company, you're solving the problem of you know, bringing people and goods together. If you're a, um, if you're a bank, you're solving the problem of you know, enabling you know, small businesses to flourish and people to achieve their dreams, right? So 
really trying to double click and triple click and, and drill down into what problem are we solving? And if you're able to articulate that problem, um, then in reality, that is the purpose. Yeah. So I have worked in here in the Middle East, I think some, with some CEOs who, who struggle to use the lofty terminology of purpose, but they are able to, to explain what problem their company solves, which actually is the same thing, just yeah. perhaps said in another way. And if, 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 if CEOs are able to talk about that, here's the problem I'm solving, rather than here's the shareholder return that I'm generating, <laughs> then, um, then, then they're, they're halfway, uh, halfway there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love that. And you, you're, you're, you're painting it from the very optimistic perspective. I always like to say that, you know, whenever I share messages around purpose and whatnot, what I say is imagine all that you're losing by not unleashing the power of your people. And the only way or one of the ways to unleash the power of your people is just by making sure that they feel that they are in a workplace where their purpose is aligned with the mission of the organization, where yeah. their talents are, you know, uh, not only uh, rewarded, uh, but truly utilized, which sometimes you don't see in workplaces, right? So um, this is fantastic, Pete. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing your insights with me and with the extended Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thanks for the chance. Great to see you, Enrique. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.